and welcome to the Cleopatra's Bling podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Cummings, founder of the jewellery brand Cleopatra's Bling. Cleopatra's Bling travels around the world, meeting fascinating creatives, craftsmen and women, and cultural experts to inspire our artisanal collections. This podcast invites you into those intimate conversations which bring tradition and practices from the past into the present. When I first started doing research for this show, I knew immediately that I wanted to invite the following guest. I studied her film Gadjo Dillo at Melbourne University and was blown away by her performance. She's a traditional gypsy dancer known for her celebration of Balkan gypsy culture. Her commitment to preserving the cultural traditions of the gypsy community is so inspiring and her work, whether on the screen or on the dance floor, is as full of life as she is. This week, we're talking with Rona Hartner, actress and dancer. Rona was born in Bucharest, Romania. Her first role was in the 1997 film Gaggio Dillo, starring alongside French star Romain Dury. She sang a modernised gypsy ballad called You're More Than That for the film, which she later performed with director David Lynch. The film was an opportunity for her to share her Romanian gypsy heritage with the world through dance and music. We talked to Rona about gypsy traditions, her role in Gaggio Dillo and the meaning of hoppa. Enjoy. Hello, Rona. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> hoppa, hoppa. <laughs> I'd like to start off with your background. Could you tell us a bit about your gypsy heritage? In fact, um, I'm very mixed. I have a lot of mixture in my family because my family thought that um, once you are mixed, you are going to be special for them uh, being kind of a melting pot is um, is very important. That means talent, that means uh, opening, that means a lot of things. And so um, since my grandpa, uh, my pa- grandparents were very, very mixed, my grandfather was uh, Jewish-German, my grandmother Brazilian-Bulgarian, and uh, we have also some gypsies in the family, some Kumans, where I have... Um, uh, nine nationalities, in fact, and I always felt like uh, being part of everything and everywhere. The like <laughs> everywhere is my place, it's my house. I'm in a sort of uh, vagabond nationality. So uh, my real ethnic part is that I'm not. I'm from nowhere and from everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. So much of your work has to do with that heritage. What drew you to that culture? Um, uh, it was my first gra- uh, great part in a movie, my 12th movie, in fact, that I was doing with Tony Gatliff. And I discovered this world of the gypsies that I always loved. I had always sort of opening to the gypsy world. And um, then this uh, this movie brought me in France. What I what I love in the gypsy world is f- f- first of all that they are um, they having some codes because nobody loved them and so they they live in their in in their way, own way. They are very punk. They are very rock and roll. And um, once I get in this world of gypsies, I I discovered something special. Some codes. Some new codes of life. My character of uh, Sabina uh, in this movie, Gaggio Dillo, came for my feet. They have um, a real, um, a real, 
they 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 get their power from this uh, from from the floor from the uh, earth I, I they are very very close to the something very primer that um i can say they live like 200 years ago and i needed this to become a to become a woman to be uh, to be discover a lot of things um they have some codes with the family the woman uh, is has has a part uh, very important in uh, in the gypsy life she's the mother she's uh, she's everything for everyone she's very she gives herself i i loved very much to be in gypsy and to be a, a real outsider because they are real outsiders you know and i love this thing because uh, if you are like everyone so nobody's like nobody I think it's very important to be very unique and to to be proud of uh, your uniqueness. What role does dancing play in all of that? The dance, um, it's... Um, I teach dancing and gypsy dance because also it's a way of... Uh, of, of being woman of in in fact by the dance you give secrets to the world things that you can't speak because we can't speak everything so sometimes a movement say a lot more about your character than what you can say in words or it means something for somebody I I tell you, my feet uh, told me how how uh, my character was in Sabina. How gypsies are, you know. Once you have uh, these in um, in Romania, there are two gypsy good, two big gypsy styles. Uh, the manele, like Turkish, a little bit, very oriental, and uh, the banat dance. And the banat dance is a dance where you are hitting like a like a horse the floor and the floor and you are against this uh, difficult world in 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 whom you have to live so you're hitting it and you take a lot of energy and uh, you're flying after this because uh, the earth is uh, making you jump out and you have this energy who makes you say if i have a problem i just say hoppa and i jump through this uh, problem when i had a cancer this year I had this hopper attitude, very, very, I, I thought this this will be very important in my life, this hopper attitude to jump against the problems. Because uh, if you don't forget very quick what, what you had as problems, you get inside involved in the problem and you start being a victimization. Gypsies don't have time to be victims. If something happened in their life, it must happen quick. And they have to move forward. They are travelers, they are nomads, and uh, they don't have time. You live today like it is the last day in the world, you know, apocalypse now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and today you cry, today you laugh, today you live, and we'll see tomorrow. Tomorrow maybe doesn't exist, so uh, they don't think about this. And this teach me a lot. The dance is also like this, you know. I tell you, you hit the floor, you t hit the ground, and you say, Earth, what you, you done to me? What uh, You try to bring me down, Earth. You try to bring me to the floor again, and you won't have this. I will jump, I will go away, I will fly if it's possible, no? And um, that's why I think um, this world in, in whom we live, we try to make... Uh, uh, places for everybody i say this is my country this is your country but birds don't ask you where is your country they just fly you know 
So you mentioned two names of these dancers. Are they the two main kinds of dance? In Russia, they become very, very politically correct. They're very calm, very like this. But in the north of Romania and in Hungary, they are like horses that horses that run. And uh, it's amazing. The the men's are dancing this dance and saying, "I'm the man here, and I'm I'm going to ride my." I'm going to sail on my uh, seaside, you know, and I'm going to ride on my on my forest, and I'm going to be part of this world, you know, and um, and the women's are very strong. And then in Bucharest we have the Turkish dance. That means the woman she sleeps, she's very abandoned. She's uh, only presence. She's there. She's. Uh, a sort of divinity. The woman is a um, a goddess, and the man is taking care of her, and she's here, and she's taking the pleasure of life. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> so, what roles do those dancers play in Balkan culture? Then this is the the the, um, the role of uh, teaching how to live, you know, in different places, how how life is really, and how you. Um, get out of uh, problems, how you jump away problems. I tell you, in in the south of Romania, people are getting well, they are more in the cities, and so the gypsies are um, are having a, a cute dance, a beautiful dance, but, but outside of uh, Bucharest, where the life is very, very hard, we have... Um, Six languages, six, six gypsy languages, completely different the, one of the other. And people uh, are struggling for life. And so they have to hit the life and the dance. And so they give you this message that um, you have to fight so you can have your own existence, you know. I'm curious, though, when you were growing up, did you have a role model that inspired you or were you just dancing in your family? Yeah, my, my family is dancing all the time. In fact, my parents, we had a, a huge house, but they were in conflict with our grandparents. So we lived all of us in, a, in one on, on, in one room and so my parents painted the rooms were so I lived in a painting in an abstract painting sort of symbolical abstract painting and um, my parents uh, done parties every almost each night and they were smoking cigarettes in the same room and speaking very loud and dancing and hearing gypsy music with the bad words and uh, we were hearing this and sometimes sleeping and then going into school, uh, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, hearing some music and then sleeping again. And the sound uh, very, very loud and my parents speaking at the same time. And and it was very correct, <laughs> the way of we feel this normal. When I arrived in Paris and I was in the fifth um, corner of Paris and it was too silent. I said, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm going to collapse. I want noise. And so I moved uh, close to Moulin Rouge and I was sleeping with all my windows open so I can hear boom, 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 the sound of the life. And I said, ah, okay, this is okay. Everybody's screaming on the street. This is good. This is a place where I I can live. (laughs) For me, this was life. too much quiet is like eh, the sound of the death. (laughs) 
my father, bo, he's in heaven right now, and he, I think he's trying to teach everybody to dance. But he had a, such a, a, a wild way of dancing. He was jazz. He was understanding the sound in a, in another way. Nobody can dance like him. When he was dancing, he was flying. I, I, I can't explain. It was very, very psychedelic. Impossible to, to, to. He has a style. But my grandparents were moving, um, they were very old, and they moved away the the, the house. Uh, we never had a table in the middle of the house. We have to have space. And um, they moved some, uh, some uh, furnitures, and so they started to dance by night, like this, waltz and tango together, and they forget they were there, and they were in the whole universe. And they met by a dance, my parents meet because they danced and everybody in my family married because they danced one night. This is only what they were the decision. I also married because I danced with my ex-husband, but it uh, I stand only six months in captivity. <laughs> wow. So how did you come to bring that gypsy music with you to France? In fact, uh, I saw a dancer in a show. We were, uh, and I felt in love. And next day I moved in Paris, just like this, without money, without nothing. And uh, I threw myself away uh, on the floor in a church. Uh, I didn't know the priests are doing this when they consecrate it, but I didn't know it's very important that God loves this kind of reaction, this kind of love. And so I threw myself away uh, like this on the floor. And I said, God, give me an apartment for free in Paris, in the corner where this guy lives, because I don't want to go away. Uh, please, for three months, I need an apartment for free in Paris. Uh, but very quick, thank you. And I put my little candle, and the next day I had an apartment apartment in in the corner with him. He lived in Rue de Bruxelles and me, Rue de Mansa, in the same corner with him, in the same quartier, in the same place. And um, and we had a, a, an amazing love story because he was climbing on the uh, by my window by night to see me because I was sleeping, of course, with the with the window open so I can hear the the noise of the of the um, of Paris. And he was climbing like Spider Man, and he was coming in my house, <laughs> and people don't even see him. It was in Pigal so much noise. Nobody see that you are climbing on the on a on a wall and you go in the house of somebody. And it was like a huge love love story. And after three months of having this apartment, I found my own apartment and I stayed in Paris. And I had um, and I love this uh, this life in Paris. In fact, I love so much Paris that I was making, sometimes when I see people sad in Paris, I was putting a mask on my face and going in the, in the metro station to make a show so people get out of the sadness of the day and uh, <laughs> making shows with people so that I tell them, why are you so unhappy? I couldn't understand why people in France are always unhappy. And so I was putting masks and doing shows on the street and some. And when people invited me to um, to their anniversary, 
I didn't know that you don't have to do like this. I didn't know what to do. And I was inviting gypsies from the metro station with their own instruments. And I was rehearsing on the metro station the melodies and going in a visit with gypsies uh, <laughs> in the house of people. I said, I, br I brought you a present, gypsies. And say, people said, you're sure it's a present? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they said, we, we are coming and we sing for you for free. So this is my, my, my present for you. I was arriving always super late because the time of finding gypsies, telling, convince them, come with me. We have to go in a house of somebody that you don't know so we can sing a melody that you don't know because we are just rehearsing. Look, I, I really lived in, a, I, I, live, I lived in another dimension, I think, in my, in my head, um, <laughs> things uh, should happen in another dimension. <laughs> the best, best present, you, you can't bring something, uh, what should I bring to somebody who's very rich? I brought them gypsies. <laughs> They collapsed. They collapsed. <laughs> So you were living this bohemian dancer lifestyle in Paris and then you were in a film with France's beloved actor Romain Dury. So can you tell us about working on Gadjo Dillo as a gypsy person? In fact, um, I had a, an ugly year in 1996 and uh, last century and um, I lost love, uh, my, my big love. I lost some projects. I was playing... Um, Polly Pitchum in uh, Three Penny Opera and uh, the project collapsed and I was, oh my God, it was the worst uh, summer in my life. And uh, and one day somebody called me to to, to present them and um, an artist, a gypsy artist, because I was writing a script about uh, a gypsy opera that I wanted to, to, to compose. So I was... And... Um, I, I asked, why do you need a gypsy actress? He said, because there is a part in a movie. And I said, but I'm gypsy. And he said, oh, why Why didn't tell us that you, that you are gypsy? I said, oh, I didn't want to be persecuted. And, you know, but I'm gypsy. Always, I never have been gypsy, of course. And um, he said, but come tomorrow. And you speak French? Oh, of course I speak French. I wasn't speaking French. I wasn't gypsy. So I was so stressed that I, I brought um, a friend of mine who was speaking French with me, like a translator, direct translator. And she, the, the camera of the casting was on me and she was on the other side. And she, we were hearing somebody speaking. He said, my name is Rona in French, you know. And je m'appelle Rona, you know, and we saw that she was here and that I was pretending I'm a, I'm French and then I'm gypsy. And that when I understood that it was too fake, all this stuff, I started to to dance on the on the table in Russian and to sing in Russian, so the people. The, the guy from the casting could believe that uh, I'm gypsy. But the problem it was that we were on the fifth floor on a balcony and the guy who was filming almost fall with his camera by the balcony from the fifth floor, you know. <laughs> 
and it was a disaster of casting, you know, the camera made like this and that was dancing on this table on the fifth floor and almost falling on the other side also and uh, singing Russian. And uh, Tony Gatliff saw this kind of circ and he said, but this girl is mad. She believes it. I'm going to, to, to believe her that she's French and gypsy and all. She's singing Russian speaking fake uh, French and she's not gypsy what's this I want to meet this girl and he met me and so uh after seven hours of casting uh, uh I didn't know what to tell him uh, anymore and so I said you know fuck off I'm going to be um, <laughs> fuck off you director because I didn't know what he wants and so I sing him a, a, a melody with uh, bad words you know the melody that's, that's, uh, that is emblematic in a movie, I sing it for the casting, just to say to Tony Gatliff, uh, I don't want to see you anymore, you're, uh, you're, you're a shitty French uh, director, you don't know who you are. <laughs> I was a star, a rock star in Romania, and so I didn't want you to make seven hours of casting, it was too much. I said, okay, you saw everything. But in fact, with this melody, you know, Dan de Rolanzo, Dandoro Car, you know this melody who was in the movie. In fact, he said this is the rhythm of the movie. So what was it like becoming this gypsy character? She came from uh, from my um belly. <laughs> Not from my belly dance, but she she came from from inside. She just grew this this character grew. And I loved her to be between gypsies because I stayed six, six months with them and uh, I dressed in their in their uh, dresses and I eat their food and I stayed with them and I felt the cold of the day and uh, when I was going like you know in this all this um, American <laughs> way of uh, learning you know Lee Strasberg and all this stuff you have to go and do to um, to feel what means gypsies and I was dressed like gypsies and going in Bucharest and people treated me so bad they said oh my gosh it's so difficult to be a gypsy and sometimes in Paris when I wanted to be detested by people I was dressed in gypsy and making all my things with my um, all all the gypsy dress everything so people can persecute me and I I felt again I say oh my god it's so difficult to be gypsy so it's so wow it's so heavy and uh, but I want to to feel this you know to see how much people can be blocked in the front of an image you don't want to go inside the person you don't want to to understand who is this person what she's willing to give you and finally gypsies don't want to give nothing anymore themselves they are like this because they say you don't understand and we we won't give you and they have a secret they have a lot of secrets in their life the way they they live man and woman and children and how they survive and they have a lot of treasures to give in this world but people don't want to take them so they protect themselves and they don't give you nothing anymore. And uh, well, yes, I, I learned a lot of them. And because I love them, I, they gave me a lot of treasures of their character. 
they are survivors, you know. And I think gypsies will teach us a lot the things right now when the nature is having problems. And all of us, maybe, sooner or later, we become nomads. But can we be again nomads? We can't be again nomads. We don't have the code of being nomads. We are uh, used we are with a certain life. May, but maybe if the nature gets crazy and it may be, it might be get crazy very soon, what are we going to do? We'll have to ask the gypsies to to teach us lessons how to be nomad nomad again. You know. Because it's a way of life and you have to know it. You know. If you go in a gypsy caravan, you find everything for six months of living in a gypsy caravan. And the whole family live in the caravan for six months without nothing is missing. Nothing is missing. It's a, it's a genius way of living. I've never looked at their nomadic lifestyle that way. Can you tell us maybe a little bit more about other Balkan cultural traditions? They don't pray. They scream. They scream to God. Oh, my God. I think God, when they start praying, is putting some, uh, you know, uh, uh, things in the... Uh, he's making like this. Okay, okay. I, I hear they don't have to scream like that. He's making, you know, they are, <laughs> they are shouting out. They are, they are amazing. They shout out, they they scream, they cry, they oh my god! I say oh my god! What's happening? If people pray like this in a paradise, it's a <laughs> it's a, it's a hurricane, you know? Did you? It's it's not a noise. It's they pray like this. They they live like this. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I I learned I learned a lot of things in the, from them. Really, really a lot of why yeah. Living uh, today and strong and with some values very important and do not count your your life, your time, your um, you know your little habits. You know, it's close to the the rhythm of the life. You know, we have a dance in Bucharest, uh, no, not in Bucharest, in the south of Romania, a Balkan dance that we do in um, in uh, spring. It's a special dance that we do. Um, we make a big fire with all the things that represented winter. We stick all the things together and we make a big fire. And then we dance around the Yolaria and we jump on this fire to say the winter is back and right now is a renewal of, uh, of uh, the spring, you know. Then there are dances that uh, represent the countryside in the Balkans, you know. We are dancing all together. It means the hora. And in this hora, we are including everybody because that means that uh, the older, the young, everybody is in the same place. And we are all looking one another and give us energy you are important for this place and 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 we dance and we dance and we dance and we dance in this kind of hora and we and we say, uh, and if we feel each other and it's a sort of energy of of the group of the fact that we are together 
And this is the Hora is amazing. When I'm teaching the Hora in France or the Serba in France, people get crazy. So how have all of these traditions you've been talking about been kept alive by the new generations? Oh, my God. Uh, these uh, traditions are uh, like, I don't know, 2,000 years ago, we had these dances. It's kept alive. We have a little problem in Romania, though, because um, people, uh, the Romanian people are not very proud of being Romanian. And they don't know what the treasure they have, you know. And it, it is happening a little bit in Balkans because, you know, when the communists arrived in our place, they uh, stole our um, our history somehow, our um, individuality. And uh, they wanted to make of us uh, a sort of concept uh, that, is, that is impossible to may have been done. We lost a proud of being Romanian somehow, you know, but the most, the more and more and more of people come back um, on the countryside. They they realize what they are losing, and they come back in the in the in a traditional way because um, we have still this kind of uh, things, but uh, on the countryside, not in the uh, in the towns anymore, you know. Okay, so last question before we end, Rona. What are you working on right now? Right now I, I work on a project um, called Electro Sky Gospel. In fact, I'm trying to make a revolution in the gospel, you know, because I love, it's one of my favorite music that I was singing till I was five years old. But um, I, I'm always afraid of the form when it's very archaical form. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy. I love a happy day, but I can't hear it anymore. So I would love to revolution. <laughs> I would love to revolution uh, somehow the gospel. I tried it with the Balkanic gospel because I feel that the gypsy influence and the gospel are so much together. They are so much, you know, tribal. So much, uh, they have so much things together. And I made a sort of Balkanic gospel. And I love this project. I worked with a brass band from Romania on this project. And right now I make an electro gospel um, where I love because the electro is very, also is a lot of obsession and um, it's have, having sounds that, that are very from uh, from uh, your, your inner. And I love discotheque, you know, and I love to dance <laughs> in clubs and all that stuff. And so I wanted to have in clubs a sort of message of light I have a, a new song called My Swing is Balkan where I tell the whole story of my life, in fact, in English for the first time. <laughs> I'm born in Romania and I was raised in Altenica, dancing like in hot Africa. My blood froze from Balkania. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Rona. Thank you also. Thank you for listening to Cleopatra's Bling Podcast. For more information on Rona, follow her on Instagram at HeartnerRona. And check out our related My Heart is an Orchestra collection with items inspired by my exploration of the history of places comprising the Ottoman Empire at cleopatrasbling.com. This podcast was produced by Studio Ochenta with original music by Cameron Alva. 
Coming up next time on the Cleopatra's Bling podcast, we interview Melbourne-based beekeeper Nick Dowles about his passion for all things honey. If you liked the show, share it with a friend and send us some stars on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.